Welcome to InnerQuest, a journey to help you uncover the understanding and knowledge that resides within you. I'm Reverend R. Ken Turner, Minister at Unity of Chicago South, and with me are Reverend Dr. Stephanie Wilson Coleman and Reverend Dr. Nick Angadi, both of whom are also ministers at Unity of Chicago South, our online spiritual community. The three of us come together in this effort to bring metaphysical perspectives and practices that support your personal inner quest. We do behold the divine spark within you. Did you ever believe that you would see this type of attack on democracy, the very underpinning of what this country is all about? Did you ever think that you would see the level of ignorance and stupidity to the point that folks would cut off, what did he say, cut off their nose to spite their face? Because that's what it seems like when you, and, and, and you just said it earlier, Stephanie, which um, I, I, hopefully we can, we can recapture it, but folks that think that the laws that they're working on in over 41, 43 states if they were implemented, would not affect them, you know, that, that it's for the other people, and they don't realize that they're part of the other people because they're a different color. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm, I'm not your color. So, uh, and one thing be before you guys jump in, I want to clear this up because it's in my head. I used to say uh, when they talked about uh, Mr. T, had moved into a suburb of Chicago, a very rich suburb, and he started cutting down trees or whatever he did. And it brought to mind that an immigrant from a Eastern European, uh, Eastern European country could have moved into that same community, had no money. But when Mr. T walked out of his door and that immigrant walked out of his door, that immigrant would have been respected more just because Mr. T could have been identified because of his color, just because of his color. And because of that, what you said, Stephanie, about folks that are in the same or worse economic conditions vote against their interests, move against their interests, move to destroy democracy because they've been brainwashed that a different color means that's bad for you, even though you're lower in all levels of status, economic, education, cultural, than they are, and you feel that just because of your color, you should be given a, uh, a certain level of uh, respect and integrity just because. That's crazy. <laughs> That's just well, but crazy. There are pictures that go along with that. There's a narrative that goes along with that. And we caution people all the time in our practice about the images that they allow to take root in their minds and about the things that they hear. We, allow, we caution them about not questioning those things. And we have all learned that, or everyone should learn, that everything you think you don't really believe but there, that requires you to go into your own thoughts and question the evidence that supports that belief 
and if that evidence is sound. But we've got an issue, I believe, here where America is being marketed to, people are being marketed to all the time. So when they see an image of gun violence, it's somebody that's brown or black. If they see an, an image and they're talking about um, some type of um, support system, someone who's maybe having to get some aid or some help with food, they see an image that's brown or black or really old. So as a result of it, they have now skipped that, that process where you question whether or not your belief is true, and they've attached the two. So brown and black people are, are victims of gun violence, and they're destroying it. So they fail to see the narrative that so gun violence, black-on-black -black crime is about 91%, but white-on-white -white crime is 88%. Being a victim as a whole, um, and it gives us some, a whole lot of stuff to talk about, as I always say. You know, in one of my uh, columns, I say, be careful what you talk about because that's what happens. So an uh, instance I use is women, are, women will say, oh, my husband's doing this, not doing that. He's doing this. That's terrible, terrible, terrible. Then they're surprised when he leaves. It's like, but you've been talking about that for two years. You know, it was bound to happen, okay? So that's what's happening. And Americans need to wake up and start looking into their own research and understanding that what you wish for someone else comes back to you. It's no getting around it. If you pour Roundup in your yard to get rid of your weeds, we've mm. already been taught that the Roundup travels the whole block and gets rid of everybody else's, not only weeds, but good stuff. And it's the same thing. The thoughts work the same way. Mm. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, um, I'm reading the book, uh, The Sum of Us by Heather McGee. And one of the things that she uh, uses to, to launch uh, the narrative is that she talks about in the early uh, 20th century when uh, there was a works project program that spread throughout the United States to build pools and parks and, you know, for the nation to, to help everyone feel like they were part of, of this whole, this, uh, this wonderful whole America. And what happened was there was challenges in the 50s and 60s. Uh, there were challenges about, um, about whether it was fair for black people to be paying taxes for something that was only being provided to whites. And because it was banned, you know, black people, people of color could not tend the pool. And so ultimately, uh, the challenge was won in court. And there were other challenges that were won in court. And so what swept across the country, which started in, in particular communities, of course, uh, which I, I right now are absent from my thought, they started cementing in the pools. Mm-hmm. All around the country, all around the country, you'll find the, these parks. And she went about exploring the different parks and where the pools used to be. And so, mm -hmm. consequently, the policy, in order to put down the black people, the policy, or people of color, the policy is to everyone get squashed, mm. and which which foments the resentment. Yes. Yes. With the individual community, they had the pool, 
And then because someone complained, the pool was lost. Well, who complained? So now we got the animus. Mm -hmm. Or the people that complained. And this right. across the board in so many, many areas. And then, and then Reagan sweeps in and starts promoting the fact that, well, it's a welfare program. It's, it's, now we're dealing with people on welfare, you know, what you had started talking about earlier, Stephanie. And the, and the fact all of a sudden, it's no longer people of color. It's people, it's, it's the poor. Mm -hmm. But it's the poor with emphasis on everybody and not someone who's necessarily economically distressed. And so that predominantly, I mean, here I'm a white guy, an old white guy talking, talking this. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> my authority, even even in defense, must be challenged. <laughs> wow, you know, you know, you, you say, and you can really see it if you just if you just calm yourself for a moment. I, I, you can see it here. I had a swimming pool, and because I didn't want to swim with you. I no longer have a swimming pool, and it's your fault. <laughs> total lack of responsibility, total lack of, uh, as Stephanie says, total lack of taking a look at yourself and seeing what thoughts you had to impact this issue, to, to actually influence the issue of pouring concrete in a concrete swimming pool so there would be no swimming pool and later on, the greatest, they say the greatest of all time, still won't swim because, <laughs> because he, it was, he was in a segregated area and he couldn't swim in the pool, Michael Jordan. So, man, if you don't examine yourself, Stephanie, if you don't examine yourself, if you don't look at your own thoughts, how in the heck you do, and I want to say another word, but how in the heck you do, can any change come if you're not willing to examine your own thinking, which is motivating your action. And you keep saying, it's because my mama told me. It's because my grandmama told me. It's like you have no damn brain yourself. Excuse me, folks. Yes, I am a minister, and I say the word. But <laughs> don't beat me up. I'm just, it's just, it's crazy. It's insanity. Well, even <clears throat> with that, you were told so, and your, your parents told you, so when you talk this, I always ask the next question. Have you always done everything your parents told you to do? Heck and the answer is no. We pick, and no. Choose. we pick and choose what we want to do. Because a lot of us have done things at ages where we know we knew better. But we did it anyway. And then some of us continue to do them. So if it's something we really want to do that something affects us like that, we will stop and look at what someone told us. But we need to make it a habit and not a, not just something we do every now and then. And mm -hmm. if people would stop and ask things like, what does it, how does it actually affect you that your neighbor is different than you are? Mm. What, what are you going to actually lose by that? Because trust me, if you're in a life and death situation and you needed a heart or you needed a kidney or you needed some, some blood, you have one request, save my life. You're not, yeah. you're not 
so do we come up and say, excuse me, but the only hearts we got come from black folk and we'll have a heart for you, so we're going to send this chaplain in next because you need to plan your, your transition. So people pick and choose that what's convenient for them because they think other people can take their good. That's where we're back to, basic religious belief or spiritual principle or metaphysical principle, and that we believe people can take from us what is ours, and they cannot. No one can take from you what is yours. And I don't so, care how hard you try, so you can have 43 states trying to do the voter suppression. People are going to figure out how to vote. We've always done it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, what's his name? The, uh, trying to take democracy. You have right. people actually trying to take democracy right? because... If I take democracy, I'll stifle you. That That is yeah. like, so what's going to happen to you when democracy you, right. ends? Right. What happens to you? Right. So if the black, if black people can't get water, food, what happens to the elderly white lady who needs some water and food because she's got some medication? And there are a lot of them. Right. You know, what happened to the young, to the young white mother with kids? that need something. They're not going to be able to help them either. You don't get to pick and choose. Everyone's going to be free or no one's going to be free because those are the rules. Well, the one, the one uh, uh, right before you come in, uh, Reverend Nick, Nick, uh, the one in Georgia, I was on a recent piece and, you know, they were talking about this litany, a whole list of things and I said, you know, at the end of the day, not one of them mean anything. And they said, what do you mean, Reverend? I said, we as a people have overcome so much that we can overcome everything on that list. I said, so that's not important. I said, what's important at the end of the day, what they've said is that after we overcome everything on the list, they can still change it. <laughs> they can still decide not to honor the vote and change it because the legislators say so. I said, so let us, you know, let us understand they are trying to take democracy away from us. Forget all the other little things, and I'm not you know, minimizing what you just said. I'm saying, but don't focus on all of that. Focus on the end game. And the end game is, as both of you have said, when you try to take my stuff, some of your stuff is going to go, too. It doesn't work that way where you can only take my chocolate. That means all the chocolate is gone and you can't have any more chocolate, you see. And right. if people have money, they import chocolate and they don't share with your monkey self. Ooh, I call myself. Right. <laughs> or, they, or they make it so expensive so only them and their friends at the top can afford the chocolate. Right, right. They're taking the democracy. They're trying to take the democracy, and I, I'm I'm so happy that I see people standing up. I see books written by Miss McGee. Was that it, uh, Reverend Nick? Yeah, Heather McGee. That that are explaining what's going on to the people that need to hear it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? She, she's dealing with an audience that needs to understand. This is what's happening to you. You know, this is what's happening to you. How did you feel when you read it, uh, uh, Nick? Well, how did it? I was grateful when I read it because there was so much I didn't know. Mm. I mean, how could I know? How could I know? I mean, it, uh, you know, to really know 
I would have to be in your skin. I would have to be in your your body and in your experience to really know. You know, I can empathize because of certain things I've been through, but it still does not equate. Okay. It does not equate. Because over, under, above, and through it all, I have still had privilege no matter what condition my life has been in. Mm-hmm. 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 As I've mentioned to each of you in, in, in previous broadcasts, I went through hell, but still, I still was able to come through it because I had certain things offered to me that were not offered to my my black sisters and brothers. Yeah, yeah. Despite, despite, you know, the other thing Heather points out in the book is that there are, there are nearly as many white poor people as there are black when they first were initiating these these uh, these programs. I mean, it's, it's well out of balance now because of all the programs that have been piled on since and limitations of, uh, of, uh, of proper income per hour and, and jobs that, you know, white people, they're just too far, high hogged above it to do the job. And, uh, and, and institutions like Walmart who put people to work for low wages and then they also put them on the welfare rolls. They yeah. give, up, give them information to fill out for food stamps, and it's the same people complaining about about uh, people of color. So it seems like our democracy is getting attacked from all, or the democracy is getting attacked from all sides, from from the bottom, from the top, from the side. You know, just as you mentioned, uh, to to continue to put people, to give them a job, have them service, and then have the government take care of them, that is not something that's sustainable. That's so right. democracy is being attacked. It's being right. attacked on an economic so, level. Yeah, so one of the largest companies in the country uh, creates a welfare system and then creates prices that, oh, we've got to go there because it's cheaper. So they put a lock on things. All right, mm -hmm. and 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 you know basically uh, what happens then, and, and we've seen happening since the Reagan era, is that more and more people are either squeezed down into the ninety percent, or to ninety nine percent, or squeezed up into the one percent, and then all the structure, in particular the tax uh, tax bill of uh, of uh, twenty seventeen, that only rewarded the rich. Consequently, you keep uh, pushing down the middle class, you get more people in the lower class, and then you get them fighting amongst themselves because all oh, the poor whites now have to compete with with black people for the job. Oh, come on, give me a break, you know. Mm. But even oh, that's not sustainable because at some point there is because uh, Nick Howard, I I think that's how he pronounces his last name. He's a billionaire in let's say Washington who makes a point that this doesn't work because he is in the top 1%, okay? But he can only wear one pair of pants at a time. He can only wear one shirt at a time. So it's not sustainable because the poor and more people are getting poor. They're getting into that. Level. At some point, you're not going to be able to buy the goods and services that the rich sell. So then their income gets affected too. So it's just not sustainable. And then 
I know people think of of uh, spirituality as this esoteric thing that doesn't mm. work, but it works. And there's always going to be those that will sustain the thought, sustain the vision, sustain the belief that they can make it, and it will work. Something will move aside for them. We, they won't know what, because I never know what's going to move when it happens for me either, but they will make it. And this truth that we teach is spreading through like wildfire. There are more and more people believing. And so that's why I believe we have these overt actions like the vote change in the voters' laws because they think they need to do something. Mm-hmm. Okay. They haven't thought about how many ingenious ways people can get water and food to folks standing in line. Absolutely. Okay. Anytime you can get people coming from other countries to here, okay, and they not climbing over a wall, but they're getting here. People figure out how to get it done. So they're going to figure out how to get it done, or this entire system is going to collapse, and there will be no one standing. Yeah. I think what one of the things that comes to me, and had come to me some time ago, is that it, it's almost as if the uh, people in power that are white see themselves as the old English noble people and everyone is supposed to kind of serve them. And like they were shortchanged because they were thrown out of England or left England and they never could rise to that level. And even if they went back now with money, they still won't be accepted as English noble people. So they're trying to create this elite class here in America, thinking that they will be served not understanding what you just said, if you keep cutting people out, there will be no one to serve your dumb ass. Oh, I did it. Right. Your dumb right. self. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no one to serve you if you keep cutting them out. You can't do that. This this country, which seems to just get past so many of them, is not about you an American. It's about you live the American ideal. You can come like we're all from different places, even within this country, but we're Americans because we are living and attempting to live the American ideal, which is equality and and opportunity and all of this. And these folks think that America is something like a country where you come from. My God, if you ask the Native Americans, they would say, no, it's not. It's a country that you take over. Because you have more guns. It's not a country that you come from because we're the only people that come from this country. No matter how many years you've been born in, that's why you can't go back to England and be a noble person, but you want to destroy democracy. That's the, it's just it's baffling. It just blows my mind. Why? Why do you want to do that? Why don't you want to open up your mind a little bit to see what's real? What's so, you're so crazy. Well, you know, I'm here with Reverend Nick. Reverend Stephanie and I'm Reverend R. Ken, and those are doctors, and I am not, and Reverend Nick is going to <laughs> share with us because he was ready to go before I, I, I reintroduced ourselves. What, what were you going to say? I forgot. Oh. But that's okay. <laughs> oh, well, well, don't say that, then say something different. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> the thing is, as as... You know, like during this pandemic, I mean, the upper one percent has what? Uh, their 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 income has tripled. No, three hundred mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Three hundred mm-hmm. times. 
Or is it three thousand yeah. times? I think it's, it's a lot. It's a I lot. Know that. It's a lot. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And it just keeps getting larger and larger and larger. And what happens? All the manufacturing being done overseas, including masks and gloves and all the things we needed, also gave us a problem during the pandemic because. Uh, we put up a trade war against China, and China's going, well, okay, well, we'll just sit back and relax. But meanwhile, during, oh, boy, I'm, I'm getting into it now. Oh, Come on, what did Rev? <laughs> the spiritual guy. You know, I, I, once threw out a, I, I once threw out a statement on Facebook that said this is the Republicans' way, that the pandemic is the Republicans' way of killing off the black people. Mm. My relative said, you don't believe that, do you? I said, of course I do. Don't you mm. see what's happening? Mm. Why, why, are, why, why don't you go slow with a rollout? Why don't you help people in democratic cities and democratic areas? Why are you looking at the statistics and seeing how it's impacting people of color far more than white people and Caucasians? And you're not doing anything. Okay, and then we swing it over to the vote, and you're trying to mm. mailboxes, and little by little, it is a destruction either of life, mm -hmm. of life in this world, yes, or sending someone off to a new beginning. It's still getting them out of the way. Get the excuse me, I'm talking other, getting them out of the way. Right, 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 right. right. The foolish belief that my life is going to be better. <laughs> my life is going to be better because, because people of color are being punished. Now, how silly is that? If my focus is solely on that, then I have no belief. I have no trust. I have no understanding of God. I cannot in any way embrace an infinite, inexhaustible universe that is always providing for me and for everyone else who will accept that truth. So consequently, getting back to what I was originally going to say, those money is the root of all evil if money is your God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you got there nicely. That was that was well done, and the well, circle. To my thinking. What, what, <laughs> what the circle is, it continues to come back to self-destruction for the destruction of others. You know that that seems to be the theme. I destroyed democracy for you, but I'm going to be okay. And uh, there, there, there's this famous statement, uh, Jewish statement that says, first they came for me." Right. And then they then they came for and then they came and then they or first they came for you or however it goes. But eventually they're going to come for you. You don't get it. Your 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 color will not stop them from coming for in fact if you think about it, if they wipe out and send away all the black people, all the people of color, and they still choose to be aristocrats. Who's left to serve them but people of their own color that are lower class? And they want to keep them lower class so they can be the servants that they desire by continuing to tell you that you're going to share in this at some point. You're going to be as rich as I can because you have the opportunity and you're white and it's going to be okay. And we're going to destroy democracy. But don't you worry. You will be okay in the end. 
And to believe that, to believe that, that, that is incredible. That is non-thinking. That is, that is pathetic. Well, the upper 1% can go everywhere, anywhere, including maybe 20 years from now to Mars. Yeah. They can afford to go anywhere, so it doesn't matter if this is destroyed to them. I really, right. don't, I really believe that. I profoundly believe that. Well, that kind of works into the nobility thing, because if I can go to Mars and the only way you can escape is serving me, then you can come on my ship as my servant and you can go to Mars, too. But you are serving me to get to Mars. So, <laughs> they, they, you know, it's, the, the democracy is destroyed. You are accepting your fate because if you don't leave, you're going to die. And you saw what happened to those other people. They didn't do what I said, so get on board, you know, leave your pride behind, leave your humanity behind, and empty the it bucket as I it in it, you know, because you're the servant. All right, get color doesn't Mars. matter anymore. Yeah, or I get to Mars and discover I have to live in a bubble, which is no different than the bubble I'm living in here in the U.S. Mmm. Mmm. Well, we are wherever we are. <laughs> That's where I yes, am. Yes, we are. And uh, you'll be in a bubble trying to get to Mars. It's not a quick flight. So it's not. <laughs> 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 you got to hope you're going to survive the flight. I mean, you're you counting on a lot of things to go your way when you decide, when you talk about that. Uh, because who's to say that this planet won't implode? We, you know, people are acting as if and believing as if they're going to be here forever. And that is just absolutely no guarantee. We don't know when the lights of our life will be turned off. Mm. Yes. And That's correct. What happens and what are you leaving behind? And the way video, the thing that amazes me too is the way video is working now, you're beginning to see all this video of people acting out badly over time. And you got your young relatives looking at you like, well, you did this, but you told me to, to be better. So, you know, your actions, their actions are being challenged. As a matter of fact, some of those people are even having their elders uh, arrested for committing some crimes. Yeah. There's a lot going on in this. And destroying and limiting people's democracy is just not the, the answer. 